Welcome in, everyone. This is Spinning Fire. I'm Matt alongside Connor. We've got your week 10 NFL picks and then takes on the biggest things in sports. The stock market seems to just be up and down. We've got Bitcoin at 16,000. I told you, Connor, Bitcoin at 15,000 last week, Bitcoin at 16,000 this week. We're going to be at 17,000 next week. But first, let's get to our sponsor. Connor's got more on that. Yeah, RR Brewing. I got my RR Brew right here. We just got in some shirts. Great IPAs, you know, beers for any time you need. Really enjoy them. Glad they're on as our first sponsor. Yep. Get your R&R, everyone. So we're going to get right into it. This is our Thursday special. We've got Colts at the Titans tonight. It's Thursday, November 12th. What do you like, Connor? Yeah, I think, you know, I've been talking all year about Colts defense. I think they match up really well against the Titans. You know, their run defense, especially with Darius Leonard back, is awesome. So it'll be interesting to see how the Titans can run the ball effectively on the Colts. I think that Titans team becomes very uh, ineffective on offense when they can't run the ball effectively. So, it, you know, I think it's going to be a good game. It's a pick them. Uh, you know, it's in Nashville, so maybe I'll give that t- uh, edge to the Titans, but I think it's going to be a close game and a good one. I'm excited to watch. Yeah, I like the Titans here. Really I think you can't oversell Philip Rivers, right? If he's a stock, you can't oversell. And they like to talk in the stock market about, oh, that stock's oversold, that stock's overbought. You can't oversell Philip Rivers. He's like if Zoom went to a million, like it's just too high. The price to earnings is a million dollars. You just, you got to get out of that. I don't know what you're getting. I mean, listen, with the Ravens, they didn't score a second touchdown until five minutes left to go in the third quarter last week. And you still couldn't get that win when you were really controlling that Ravens team. You didn't have all the mistakes that the, that uh, you didn't have all the turnovers that the Steelers had the week before. Instead, you had the turnover and you were still in the game. I don't know if you saw Philip Rivers falling back flat, flat on the field. That was pretty funny. But no, I like the Tennessee Titans here. Um, the Colts to me are wishing that they took the route the Dolphins took. They have this veteran quarterback. He's not playing well enough for you to win a Super Bowl. Instead, with the Dolphins, you've got Tua, and you've, you're trying to do the blueprint of what the Seahawks did, what, what the Niners did with Kaepernick, where you've got that young quarterback and that rock-solid roster where the quarterback doesn't have to do too much. And with the Colts, it seems like the opposite. It seems like they're getting in these holes because of Phillip Rivers, and then they're trying to get out of them because of Phillip Rivers. But really, they've got to go to roster, and they don't need to be doing all these shenanigans. Yeah, no, I agree. And I think they were trying to do, you know, replicate what those other teams have done and that they have a great team around Phillip Rivers and they were hoping that he could just be league average, maybe. I mean, hoping for him just to be okay. And I think they'd be a really good team. He's been horrible this year. You know, I like Phillip Rivers, so it's sad for me to say that, but he's not been good this year. So yeah, I think, you know, and you know, every team's looking for that good cheap quarterback, but it's, it's hard and it's very rare to find those. But I think they were hoping, you know, you get Phillip Rivers in, and that team can now all of a sudden go from pretty good to really good if Philip Rivers was going to be what we you know usually associate Philip Rivers with. But yeah, he's not he's not any good this year. Right. What it feels like is they wanted to be the Broncos with Peyton Manning, and they're not that. And it just seems like to me what they should have been trying to do is be like the Seahawks or the Niners were. Because everyone said, everyone who's supposed to know the NFL says they have a good roster, but just doesn't seem to be going the right way. Who do you like here on the over under 48 and a half? Um, under, I think, you know, everything we're talking about there, I think Colts are going to be able to match up well on the Titans defense. I think beating Phillip Rivers isn't great. Now the Titans don't have a great defense either. So it'll be interesting to see what happens there. You know, especially as we keep saying, Titans can't generate any pressure on the quarterbacks. So I think if they can get to Phillip Rivers, I think if they get like three sacks in this game, I think they win it pretty easily. And I think, you know, it, but I think it's, uh, yeah, I think under would probably be my guess if I had to there. Yeah, me too. I think that's it for that one. I think the only other thing we should mention is that with this Colts-Titans game, again, we talked about these games last week where it's two teams that could both be wildcard teams one or one of them can be a divisional champion and host a home playoff game. Or, I mean, you're neither of those teams are going to be one seeds now that they got rid of the two seed bye. But, but it's still a big matchup, and we saw some of those last week with, uh, with Bill Seahawks, with Bears-Titans. Like Those are all games that are really important these last couple of weeks that determine whether you're going to be a wild-card team or a divisional champion. Totally. Yeah. And I think, I think, you know, being able to host your playoff game, even though there's not fans or for some of these stadiums, there are fans, but not a ton of them. 
I think just not having to travel right now is that biggest, you know, advantage. So I think, you know, if you can have that game at home and not have to travel, I think that's always, you know, very helpful. Yeah. Let's get into the Washington football team. We'll get into those 10 AM games. we got the Washington football team against the Detroit lions. They're given Detroit three and a half. Who do you like there? So is Stafford is playing. Do we know for sure what's happening there? Yeah, I think Stafford's for sure playing because they're showing here that for the Bengals Steelers, that's off the board because they're not sure on Ben because of the close, the close COVID contact right. against McDonald. So I think, I think we're good to go on this one or they would have pulled it. Yeah, I think, I mean, I think in that scenario, I like the lions. I think Washington's just, I mean, the NFC East, if you're betting on the NFC East, it's, it's tough to do anyway. I think Washington has a good defensive line. I think that's kind of the extent of what their team is right now. I also, it worries me, Alex Smith, how consistent he can be. He also had three turnovers last week, even though he had, you know, a good, good day passing the ball, but still three turnovers. I think you have to go with the Lions. I think they're not as bad as they look, but not as good as they have looked at times. So I think it'll be interesting to see, you know, this game, but um, I, I think Lions would kind of be there to cover that three and a half. Yeah, this is a game I'd really want to stay away from because you can play both sides of it in your head. Washington, last week, Alex Smith comes in and he had terrible picks. I watched the tape. He had two really bad picks just in zone, threw it straight to the zone defender. On the flip side, with the Lions at home, it's just these are teams that you never want to bet on, like you said, with the NFC East. And and then then you get the Lions and an NFC East team. What do you want to bet? But I think my big takeaway watching the, the Washington game was that Washington didn't – they lost that game more than the Giants won it. So, like, the Giants didn't do anything to, to, to win that game. It was really Washington turnovers, Alex Smith turnovers – because they had a lot of opportunities to get the first down to seal that game. The giants did, but they didn't do it. So I'm staying away. I don't even want to pick a team here. If I had to, I'd, I'd take Washington, give me the three and a half because I think Alex Smith is a veteran. He's able to clean up those turnovers, but I have no idea. Yeah, no idea. I agree. And you have no idea if it's going to be a mess or it's going to be a shootout. Does anyone have insight on the over under for 46 and a half? I'll go over. Let's, let's hope for some Because <laughs> it's the NFL in 2020. That's your take. Yeah, exactly. All right, another dud. Houston Texans at the Cleveland Browns. They're giving Cleveland three. Yeah, this should be a good game, right? You would hope this would be a good game, especially the way the Browns have looked better this year. You'd think, oh, Texans, they should be good. Browns are good. It'll be a fun game. But, uh, I mean, the Texans are a dumpster fire, which usually is reserved for the Browns to be talked about that way. I I mean, three points, I don't know. I, I guess I'll go with the Browns, but I hate that pick. I don't know. I think if there was the extra half point, I think the Browns win by exactly three. If I if I could pick a push, I think that's what happens there, but I think Browns win by exactly three. Yeah, I like the Browns too, coming off the bye. I'm still – I have not sold this team. I still think there's room there for them to make a push, maybe even win a playoff game this year. But I'm much more fascinated in Houston because – they've tried to strap strip their entire roster. Did you like the idea to try to get rid of Will Fuller? what do you think there? Do you think they, that that should have gone through for the Packers? I do. I think that the Texans need to do a full rebuild. I think they're going to do a full rebuild. I think they're getting smarter though. They've gotten fleeced on so many deals from Bill O'Brien that they weren't going to give up Will Fuller for nothing, especially when he wasn't high demand. So I think they'll be able to get a pick for him somewhere else. Uh, but It'll be interesting. JJ Watt said he doesn't want to be there for a rebuild. I'm sure Deshaun Watson doesn't want to be there for a rebuild, although he just signed that massive deal. So I, you know, I don't know. You got a guy on a on a a young quarterback. You don't want to ruin him with a rebuild of him getting killed all the time. And they've already been doing that. So I I think they need to do a rebuild, but I think they have some pieces that they're gonna to have to move on from that's not gonna make a whole lot of sense, um, you know, if they're trying to rebuild. Right. That makes me think of something that I've been tooling around in my head is that what it one of the biggest things as a player you talk about legacy we talk about players legacies is getting caught in a dysfunctional situation so if you're trevor lawrence are you refusing to go to the jets sam darnold got caught in the jets and now it's not just the beginning so deshaun watson when he went to the texans it was up and up he was a face of the league you're like maybe he's gonna get those tv spots that uh that um, patrick mahomes has right now 
And now it's like, whoa, everything's gone wrong since they had that big lead on the Chiefs. And it's been a collapse with the trades, with DeAndre Hopkins. It's it's almost like the Texans talk themselves into an apocalyptic situation. And it's a self-fulfilling prophecy at this point, because I totally disagree with you. I think it shouldn't have been a rebuild. I think you have Deshaun Watson and you're relevant. Like, why is, why is Deshaun Watson and this Texans team cratering apart, but everyone's so hyped on Trevor Lawrence? I think, I think the issue is that, first of all, I think the biggest issue here There's at a all. There's issue there, but still. Yeah, I think Bill O'Brien was the issue, right? He traded a million picks to the Dolphins for Larry Tunsil, which you needed to do something. They traded away DeAndre Hopkins for basically nothing. And then what they got from that, they traded for Brandon Cooks. So I think that was a horrible deal. You know, he, he did a really bad job, Bill O'Brien did, as GM there. Um, and so I think that they don't have the pieces right now to be competitive. They don't have the draft capital or the salary cap space to be competitive in the near future. So I think it's borderline a teardown. I mean, I think if you're a team that you think you can trade uh, for Deshaun Watson and give a bunch of picks, maybe that's how they jumpstart this rebuild, right? You get trade that, you trade, uh, you end up cutting J.J. Watt, you open up some cap space. I think that almost is the way to go. You, you don't want to have to do that because you finally found a guy who can be your franchise quarterback. But like you're saying, you've seen so many guys like Alex Smith or Sam Darnold now that got into bad situations. And even though they might have been good quarterbacks, they got pretty ruined pretty quickly. You know, and and a team that should know that better than anyone is the Texans because they did that with David Carr. So I don't know. Uh, and how do you I, think about that if you're a player, Connor? How do you think about that if you're Deshaun Watson? Because it was up and up. It was fine. The franchise was looking good. You're going to the, the playoff games. You're going to the wild card games, divisional game. You're doing what you're supposed to do as a young quarterback. And now you're a middle-aged quarterback. How do you think about your legacy? What do you say if you're the agent? Get me out. That's my thing is get me out. I mean, he signed his deal. Get him out. Go trade to a team that has draft capital that needs. And again, I don't think this team can, can pull it off. But like the Colts, we just talked about them, that if they had a decent quarterback, imagine Deshaun Watson on the Colts right now how good that team would be. Imagine, you know, if there's a team that's just a decent quarterback away, look at what the Niners could do if they had a good quarterback, you know, and everybody was healthy. I think that's what you start thinking of if you're the Texans of like, hey, can we get two first round picks for this guy? Can we get, you know, whatever? And then you open up all the salary cap to just start that rebuild. Um, that's kind of what I would do because these players don't want to stay there. JJ Watt already said, I'm not here for a rebuild. Sean Watson's probably going to say, I don't want to be here for a rebuild. So what, you know, I'd, I'd start getting out because then you end up like a guy like, Matt Stafford, who has played on a bad team his whole career, but you look at Stafford, he's been really good for his entire career. He's just been in a horrible situation. So do you start blaming Matt Stafford for that or do you start blaming the organization? And I was a quarterback who I think could be in that caliber, um, you know, like Deshaun Watson, I think he is. I'm doing everything I can to control my own legacy and not put it up to the chance of with, a, you know, a bad organization. I agree with you. I think at some point it comes down to the player and you have to judge them on your legacy because we're living in the era of player empowerment, right? And you see this in the NBA, you see people go the mellow route and they just harvest that money. But in the NFL, it's more competitive than ever. I want to see you care about your legacy and be willing to move. And in the NFL, you see so few of these star players moving. You're starting to see more of it, but it's nothing compared to the NBA. And I want to see more guys like Deshaun Watson, who aren't the age of Phillip Rivers, who are willing to move and willing to say, hey, look. I'm going to become the next Matthew Stafford if I don't make a move here. I agree. No, I, I totally agree. I think the NFL is a little bit harder than the NBA because of the franchise tag and because of the control that coaches can have over you or organizations can have over you. I think it's a little bit more difficult to force your way. I think it's also less a less star-driven league, whereas like in the NBA, if you're LeBron James, you just decide what you want to do everywhere. Whereas if you're the best, you know, you look at a guy like Joe Thomas, who's maybe the best offensive tackle of all time, played for the Browns and never won a playoff game, never went to the playoffs in his career. Like he couldn't just sit there and be like, well, I'm not going to play. They would have just played without him and not worried about it. You know, it happened with Le'Veon Bell. They just said, all right, you're just not going to play them this season. So I think that's the closest you can do, but you have to be willing to sacrifice an entire year's salary. Whereas the NBA, if you say I'm not playing, they'll move you instantly, you know? So I, but I do agree with you. I think players need to start taking control of their own legacy and not just, sitting in these bad situations. Yeah. And I think we're seeing more opportunity for it. So leave it at that Jacksonville Jaguars. 
versus the Green Bay Packers at the Packers. They're giving the Packers 13 and a half over under a 50, Connor. Over and the Packers. I think they're going to win by a million. I think. Okay, then they, how many touchdowns does Avante Adams have? Are you taking a spot on that? There's uh, got to be a line on that. What is that? Yeah, I'll find it. Whatever it is. All right, I'm I'll talk right now. So for me, I would take the Packers as well. I did like, who's the Jaguars quarterback who started last week? Jake Luton. Yeah, I like the way he played. I think there's <laughs> there's no future for him, but I like the way he played. It was good to see him have a good first game. I think for the Packers, Packers by a million, uh, over for the over for the Packers, uh, over on the 50. Uh, what do you think the Packers will put up 40 or less? Uh, more. More than 40. Okay. So this is the Bills on the Seahawks all over again in terms of defense. Yeah, I think it's going to be back or is he benched? Uh, I don't know if he's back, but he's probably benched. I don't think – I think they're already thinking about benching him, um, and I think it's going to happen. I couldn't find the line on it, but it's probably like one and a half or – yeah, it's probably one and a half. I'd probably take the over. I think he's going to have like four touchdowns. (laughs) Do you own the Yeah, I think – no, I'm not in any fantasy this year. This is the first year I haven't done fantasy in like 15 years. So Okay, so you're a pro this year. You're locked in. You're drinking your R&R, and you're like just focused on Vegas stuff. Yeah, and I just enjoy watching football now. I think I'm not worried about fantasy. I, I'd say two years ago, I was in seven leagues. Last year, I whittled that down to three leagues, and this year, I just said I'm out. I'm not doing anything. So, um, you know, I feel like with the pandemic, it wasn't the right vibe to be playing fantasy this year. So Okay, okay. <laughs> And uh, you said you used to always take the over on the Thursday games. Yeah, the Thursday games, it's always going to be crazy. People don't know what's going on. But you're taking the under today. Yeah, I agree. I'm not going to, I don't ever listen to myself. You're going to break your streak or you're going to take the over and keep your streak? Well, I do like prime time. Okay, you're kind of talking me into it. All right, I'll take the over. (laughs) I'm taking the over. All right, go against your own go, go against your own pick. So listen, Jaguars Green Bay, I don't think we have much more to say there. The only thing I guess I'd watch out for just to comment on is the run D for Green Bay, but other than that, there's not much more to say on this game. Yep, agreed. Eagles Giants. I'm excited for this game because I want to see who wins the NFC East. I've been toying with the idea of picking the Giants to win the East. I think if they win this game, they just beat the Redskins, they can win the East. What do you think, Connor? They're giving the Giants three, too. I'm going to take the Giants. I think that the, the tie that the Eagles have is going to come in huge for them at the end of the year. Uh, I think that the Giants can win this game. I think the Eagles are horrible. Um, so, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know how you're excited about this game, by the way. This is going to be a horrible game. Like we talked about earlier, I don't know how to bet the NFC East. I also think giving the Eagles three and a half on the road is too much, but it's also hilarious over under at 44 points. So I think it's going to be just a horrible game. <laughs> yeah. I'll take the under I'll take the giants. Uh, they're giving them three at home. I don't know if yeah. you saw with Carson Wentz that uh, Peterson got asked a couple times about Brett Favre's comments. Favre said they should have kept Nick Foles just based on Favre was like, Hey, we should have, they should have kept him based on his performance, uh, the momentum, just how he was performing and the fact that he won a Super Bowl. And Favre was arguing, I mean, he talked for a little bit about this. I don't know exactly what show he was on, but he, he talked about how, like, how many years are you going to give Carson before you're caught in the middle on this, especially with the injury stuff? And it was funny because the reporter came to the press conference and uh, was talking to Doug Peterson about this. And the first two times Peterson said, hey, I respect Favre's opinion. I guess they're, like, really good friends. And the third time... He defended Wentz and he he, uh, he said, uh, don't put words in my mouth. Uh, we're not going to have a problem. Carson's our guy, bottom line, end of story. So so I love the drama and I love that Favre, who's supposed to be like best friends with Peterson, is, is pushing this. That's always fun. It's like when James Harrison got on uh, Barstool and was talking about how the Steeler, how Tomlin gave him a payout when he knocked out some Browns players. I don't know if you remember that. That was a few months ago in the yeah. off season. So I love it when guys who are best friends get in each other's way. What do you think of this? Yeah. I mean, I agree with, well, I agree with Favre in principle because I don't think I'm like the foremost person that I don't think Carson Wentz is good. I've said it from the beginning. I don't think he's actually pretty, very good. Uh, but 
I think Nick Foles was going to get, you know, he got 20 million bucks from a year from the uh, Jaguars. So why, the Eagles can't afford to pay two quarterbacks that much. So I don't think they could have kept Nick Foles, but I don't think Carson Wentz is good. So I'm, I agree. Like how many chances do you give the guy? Cause he's proven he can't be healthy. He's proven this year he is healthy and he's still not very good. So I just don't like, I don't know how I feel about Carson Wentz. And I think that, you know, he's not, he's not your long-term investment there. If I was an Eagles, he's fan. leading the league in turnovers, yep. 16. He's got 12 interceptions. He's been sacked yep. 32 times. He's 31st yep. in completion percentage and 29th in yards per attempt. Now they have pretty much no weapons. Zach Ertz isn't relevant anymore. And Travis Fulgham, who I love, but he's a journeyman, is their number one receiving option right now. So I think you make you make the best with what you have and you figure something out. I don't think that, you know, hey, give him credit if he was, you know, still a top 10 guy or whatever. But people treated him early on in his career like he was a top three quarterback or he was going to be a top three quarterback. And he's just not anywhere close to that. I think he's he's good. If everything's perfect around him, he can be okay. But now that he's getting paid $35 million a year, I don't think that he's kind of the quarterback you want in this situation. Right. So you like the Eagles for the division because of the tie? Yeah. I mean, I think that this, this division is so bad that I think that half a game win, because, you know, if the Giants beat them, the Eagles are still in first place. So I think that that tie is going to come in very important for them. That's almost like another win for the Eagles if I was an Eagles fan this year. Right. All right, let's go. Another one. Buccaneers, Panthers. Mm-hmm. They're giving the Panthers five and a half at home. No, they're giving go... the Bucks five and a half on the road. What's up? Bucks five and a half on the road. Yeah, I'm going Panthers. I'm yeah. on the I'm yeah. on the Bucks, the wheels are coming off hype train. Yeah, I mean, I'd love to see that. I think the Rams play them in two weeks. So I'd love to see the Bucks, you know, start to fade. Uh, I think again, their defense, I think is legit, but I think Teddy Bridgewater is really good. And I think the bucks now this is going to be something interesting. The bucks run defense is the best in the league playing against Panthers team without Christian McCaffrey. I think that the Panthers are going to struggle to run the ball and then they become one dimensional. So I think that's something interesting to watch out for. Um, but, but do I, the, Pan- the Panthers don't even run the ball. What they do is like these, uh, everything underneath that basically call it a run, <laughs> Right. And so I think that's what they're going to have to do a lot of. So it'll be interesting to see how that works out this week for them. I think McCaffrey would have been the difference maker. And I definitely would have taken uh, the Panthers if if McCaffrey was playing, but I do. This one, I actually, is probably one of my favorite bets of the week is, is the Panthers to cover here. Yeah, me too. They just played really well against the chiefs. Thought they had a lot of chances to win that game. I think Mike Davis is solid. He's got an insane amount of wiggle. He can break a lot of tackles. I don't think that's as much of a downgrade as uh the Vegas might be pricing in in terms of five and a half. I don't know. What are they is McCaffrey affecting this line much? You'd know more than me. I don't think he's affecting it. You know, it's not it would like just be a half it. point or less, right? Yeah, I think it makes a difference, but I don't think it makes, you know, it's not like the Bucks would be minus two if the if McCaffrey was playing. I think they'd yeah. be minus like five or four and a half or something. So my thing with the Buccaneers that's been fun, another set of drama like we got with the Eagles and Brett Favre, is that I guess Antonio Brown's living at Tom Brady's house. Have you been following this? I knew he was. I don't know like what the story is, though. I guess he's like in a guest bedroom, which, which is funny in and of itself. And yep. Tony Robbins is doing like motivational talks for him every day. <laughs> I mean, that just shows you where his mental That's the most Tom at. Brady thing ever, too. Oh, totally. But the fact that he can't live on his own and that he has to have Tony Robbins to get him out of bed every day, I think that's kind of shows a lot where Antonio Brown's at. Yeah. The media is trying to play up all this, all this hype that it's they're trying to force Antonio Brown to work on this team. I definitely think it's obvious that Tom Brady forced the Bucks to take up AB because Bruce Arians said he didn't want him and he was his offensive coordinator to Steelers can't stand him you had Ryan Shazier come out the other day and say that AB's nuts so I think this is Tom forcing the issue but to me I don't think the media wants to pin the success or failure on Brown because they happen to get blown out in this game which was AB's first game against the Saints last week but I didn't AB played well he made good catches he was a possession receiver 
they're trying to stir up drama in terms of uh, the other receivers not getting targets, but like Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, but I don't think it's that. I just think it's Tom Brady Yeah, and no one wants to say it, but the problem is we've done this for the last five years as people talk about football and we try to pin when Tom Brady's demise is and every time he wiggles out of it. So I'm hesitant to say that, but still, I think, like I said last week, which was exactly right. The Buccaneers can win every game or they can lose every game dependent on how Tom Brady plays. Not all these other little things like, oh, their defense. Oh, this linebacker is the best linebacker in the NFL. Antonio Brown's sleeping in Tom Brady's house. Tony Robbins. It's Tom Brady. This team wins or loses on Tom Brady. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. Uh, and, you know, I think that that I don't think Antonio Brown's having a negative impact on the team unless there's some locker room stuff, but obviously we've not heard anything about that. So you can't say that that's the problem. I think Mike Evans didn't get any targets last week, but if you look at the last five times that Mike Evans has played against the saints with being guarded by Marshawn Lattimore, he has in every single game, two targets, no catches for the last five games against the saints. So that just shows you why Mike Evans wasn't getting touches and Chris Godwin's been battling injuries all year too. So I don't know that that's, um, kind of Antonio Brown's fault. I, I agree with you. I think it's on Tom Brady. I think he needs to play well for them to win. And I think he has, and here's, I guess what I would look at it. He has the best possible situation in the NFL. He has a good line. He has a million weapons on offense and a great defense playing on the other side. I think Brady needs to continue to get into better situations for him to be successful, but I think he's in a situation where he can be successful. So I, like I said, I'm, I'd be stoked if they all of a sudden are on the downhill and the Bucks are not going to be great moving forward. But, uh, you know, I'm always hesitant with Tom Brady to bet against him. Yeah, the only thing I'll say to defending Tom is that they could run the ball better. Because when's the last time you've seen a Tom team that's done really well that doesn't have a run game that really complements and takes pressure off him? Well, is that since Randy Moss? Even then they, they could run. The Every Bill year, Belichick team can run to take pressure off the quarterback. And situationally, well, and the yeah, Bucs the haven't done years, that. It's been sporadic. Yeah, the last few years, I feel like they haven't had a good run game, but they do kind of like we we're talking about with the Panthers. They did a bunch of swing passes to James White or screen passes, stuff like that, getting them out in space. But I feel like the last few years, they haven't had a great run game, but they've been able to be effective when they need to. Um but yeah, no, I, I agree. They can run the ball. They got weapons. They got a good line and they got a great defense. I think this is the perfect situation for a quarterback to be successful. So Brady needs, Brady should be very successful if he still is a good quarterback. Right. All right. Next one, Denver Broncos, Las Vegas Raiders. They're giving the Raiders four and a half here. Ooh, uh, what do you think? I don't think the Broncos are good. So I, I think the Raiders, but the Broncos are in a lot of games. I think they're, they're able to stay close in a lot of games, uh, but I don't think that they're necessarily great. And I, I mean, I don't know if the Raiders are good either. I have no read on this game. I probably would take the Broncos because I'm seeing five points, but that's a lot of points for a team that I'm not sure is that good. So that would be my take on it. Yeah. I'd go Broncos here too. Not sold on the Raiders. I'm biased. I always want to see a relevant Raiders team. I love Gruden. I love Everything about the Raiders is a storyline in the NFL, but I I don't know which way to go there. Also, the Broncos on the over-under scare me because they could dud at any moment and put up 7, 10, 13. So I, don't, I wouldn't take the over-under in this game. I'm showing 51. What would you take? Um, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't want to bet that, but maybe the under? I, again, I have no idea. I have no read on these games. I don't right. think we've lost enough Raiders to really know if they're actually good or not. Yeah. And I don't think there's much to say about these teams because unless the Raiders can go in and upset the Chiefs or something in the wild card like they did in the regular season, I don't see it happening. But again, yeah. with the Raiders, you've got a potential wild card team and the Broncos. I don't want to spend all the time I spent on the Texans talking about the Broncos rebuild. <laughs> we've de- been there. We've done that. You can apply that to the Broncos. We're going to move on. Bills at Cardinals. Now, this is a game I'm excited about. They're giving the Cardinals two. I'm taking the Bills outright. Let's go, baby. Bills. Hey, Bills Mafia. I love that. Uh, yeah, I mean, the Bills are good. I think if they can replicate the success they had last week against the Seahawks, which I think they can, I think that they have a very, very good chance of winning. I think Kyler and Russell play very similar. Uh, you know, Kyler will run it a little bit more, but they're similar, you know, shifty, small quarterbacks. 
hard to tackle. I think, uh, you know, that's going to be difficult, but I think that the bills matched up really well against the Cardinals and I'm so, yeah, I, I guess I'd go with the bills as well. I like them in this game. And what I'm excited for the Bills to do, because I'm so hot on the Bills right now, is they're going to do what everyone said the Seahawks were going to do last week. They said the Seahawks are going to travel across the country. I guess they'd won like 10 straight games on the East Coast start mm-hmm. time, and that just got broken against the Bills. The Bills are going to do what the Seahawks were supposed to do. They're going to go across the country, back to the NFC West, back to this tough division. They're going to take out the Cardinals. Then we have to talk about the Cardinals next week, because I don't know what everyone's going to be spinning on them, but I still like the Cardinals. I still like Kyler Murray. I've been working on it for two years. My thing with the Cardinals is the turnovers um, from Kyler Murray. And he's cleaned it up so much, but he still can clean it up more. I mean, the fumble that got scooped for the TD last week, that ended up being huge. That ended up being the difference in the game. And he can hold the ball out here all day long. Um, but if it costs you one turnover that turns into a touchdown, it's not as cool. Like all the 10 year olds are going to love it and copy it and flag football, but <laughs> I don't know. I mean, he's amazing. And I, and I'm, I'm only, I'm only liking him more and more, but the turnovers are still an issue. And I didn't watch the Cardinals last year because everyone was so hyped. And I said, they're not relevant. They're like the giants three years ago. And everyone was hyped on the OBJ Saquon stack and that they had a bunch of offensive weapons. I said, they're not going to be relevant. Their defense is terrible. Yeah, I mean, I think Kyler's legit. I think if you look at his stats that I saw an overlay today of his stats compared to Lamar Jackson's through eight games last year and Kyler's beating him in every single category. So I think that's really interesting. But yeah, it'll be interesting to see how they do in some more big games. I think they got lucky in the game against the Seahawks. It'll be interesting. They still haven't played the Rams yet this year. They still have some big games and, and, you know, a difficult schedule ahead of them. I think they're benefiting a lot from playing a fourth place schedule, but yeah, I think that I, I'm not sold yet on the Cardinals, but I, I, as a Rams fan, am scared of the Cardinals for the next five years because I think with Kyler Murray, they got some good plays. DeAndre Hopkins now there, and then on defense, I say Simmons, I think he's going to be the best linebacker in the league in the next couple of years. So it'll be interesting uh, to watch them over the next few years. Yep. All right, Chargers-Dolphins. Chargers traveling to the Dolphins across the country. All these teams are just crisscrossing. The NFC the – NFC, uh, the AFC East playing the NFC West is just all this back and forth this year. Uh, Chargers at the Dolphins, given the Dolphins two and a half here. I like the Chargers. There's no reason to this. I just like at some point them to break their streak of barely losing games in every break in a football game, not going their way. I agree. But if you've watched Miami the past few weeks, they've been incredible. They've looked really, really good the past few weeks. And the fact that they're getting two and a half against the Chargers at home I think it makes no sense to me. So that, that line seems fishy, which means I'm going to end up losing it because I take the dolphins. And I think that's like by far my favorite line this week is dolphins. Do you think that line should be like five? Yeah, for sure. They're way better. Cause you think a home team normally gets about three points. So you're saying that you think the chargers are half a point better on a neutral field. COVID well, Vegas is weird. So it's probably just that they're so obsessed with Herbert knowing Vegas people that it's outweighing their respect for the dolphins in their three phases. Yeah, I, I mean, I think that's just all wrong. I think the Dolphins, I think the Dolphins win by a touchdown. So yeah, I mean, that's my favorite. My favorite game this week is going to be Dol- uh, Dolphins minus two and a half. But like I said, that one, I feel like I'm going to end up losing that because somebody knows something I don't. What do you think of Tua? Are you on board? Still, I got to see something. I didn't see enough last week of him. I mean, he looked better than he did in the past, but I'm still not sure that he's actually good. I like the model, though. They're try- I still think they're trying to do that Seahawks-Niners thing where it's like, we're not asking too much of you, and we've got a great team. We've got a great roster. Let's make our move now, and let's run for it. Yeah, I mean, I think that their team – I called it last year the draft. I think they've got some really good pieces in place. I think that they – and they also have, like – I'm pretty sure they have, like, three or four first-round picks this year. So they are going to be really good for the few years to come. I think Brian Flores needs to be up. He's probably coach of the year right now. If I was giving a midseason award, he's been awesome. I think they've outperformed, um, it, you know, really well. So I think the Dolphins are a really, really good team, a really well coached team. And so I would, I would definitely pick the Dolphins to win by at least a touchdown in this game. Yeah. And I liked with Tua. He showed up in the big moments when he, did you watch the game? Yeah. Yeah, when he made that big run where he broke a few tackles to get that first down, that was like, okay, he sh- he's a fighter and he's a gamer and he shows up for the big plays. Kind of reminded me of Russell Wilson. Multiple Super Bowl champion. 
multiple Super Bowl champion. That's my take with Tua. He's the he's the he's the Rafael Nadal of the NFL, which makes no sense because everyone knows the NFL and no one follows tennis. So it should be that Rafa's the Tua of tennis, but the problem is Rafa's older. So we got to work on that comparison, but I'll come up with something more relevant for an American audience. Good. Love it. Bengals Steelers off the board. We don't know what's the latest with Ben. Is he playing? Can we get that back on the board? Cause he's a close contact. Do you understand these close contact rules? I lost Jamal Williams last week because of the close contact on the Thursday night with the Niners when the Packers blew out the Niners. I don't understand these close contact rules. It's like they have such strict testing, right? But then they're like, oh yeah, these tests might not be right. They might get they might get COVID later. It might just be in their system. Like they don't really know. Yeah, I That's- think what you're trying to avoid is I forget who it was, but I think it happened last week or the week before where um, a guy tested positive like on the way home from a game and played the entire game. I think that's what you're trying to avoid. So if you think there's any chance that a guy could have COVID, I think they're trying to take every precaution possible as to make sure that doesn't actually happen. Right. What doesn't make sense to me is like Vance McDonald, he tested after the game positive. Right. He's got these close contacts, right? Ben, um, Jalen Samuels, these other players on the Steelers who didn't test positive, they tested negative, but they still just hold them out. Yeah, that's no, kind I mean, of just I, that's our entire society right now. Like science, yeah, but we're not sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I don't know. Is Ben playing? I mean, yeah, it's Ben Roethlisberger. He'll play. No, no. I mean, are they going to let him play? He'll play. Yeah. I mean, you saw the Cowboys game. They just—it was so funny listening to Tony Romo. He's like, "Oh yeah, every other year they just kind of strap the knee brace on him and send him back out there." And you watch Ben play when he can't move and he just stands there. He can't even, he doesn't even take any steps. He just stands there. He waits till the pass rush just throws it. Yeah. I mean, I think they'll figure out a way for him to play. If he has, if he still hasn't tested, positive, I think he'll be fine. So I, yeah, I'm not, I wouldn't be too worried about it. Yeah. I think the problem with Jamal Williams and the Packers on when they had the close contacts as well, he didn't even have COVID, but he got put out is because it was a Thursday night game. They should have some time exactly. here since it's a Sunday game. Exactly, because now they have time to run like five rapid tests on him, and if he doesn't test positive on any of those, he'll be fine. Right. Uh, Steelers, Bengals, it's off the board. Did you find the line? No, it's off the board for me too. Okay. I mean, straight up, I'd take the Steelers. I'd probably take the Bengals on any line. I like the Bengals on any line. I look for this to be a close game. I just haven't seen the Steelers break away, and I think the Steelers, they haven't had a – their bye was week four. They've got the rest of the season. They're just grinding. They've had a few injuries. Spillane's played okay to fill in, but I don't know. I just had I didn't see everyone get off the ball like they have in the last couple of weeks. I don't think they're as fresh uh, as they were earlier in the season, and I think that makes a difference because they play explosive. They like to explode, just kill you with sacks, turnovers, this or that. I didn't see that, and I think the Bengals are better than their record. So I'd take the Bengals – on a spread of anything anything lower than minus seven i was gonna ask you what do you think the spread would be in this game oh i think it would be i think it'd be 10 yeah that sounds right i think that's way too high me too like i'm saying i agree with you i think that's where vegas would set it but i think that's too high because i agree i think Bengals for sure cover that but i think that Vegas, I mean, the Steelers are 8-0, the Bengals are 2-5-1. and one. I think you have to give that, you know, 10. I think I would, yeah, I would have said somewhere around there as well, but I think Bengals, not even close. I think, or like, no question, keep it close in that game. Yeah. Seahawks, Rams. Woo! Game of the week. Game of the week for the Rams fan, Connor Iberg. Uh, one and a half for the Rams. Go into it. Yeah, I think, I mean, I think if you can't get excited about this game as a football fan, you just aren't going to be able to get excited. I think you're going to have DK Metcalf and Jalen Ramsey going at it all game. Aaron Donald always plays huge against the Seahawks. That's going to be awesome. I think that the Seahawks defense is horrible. So I think that the Rams have a good chance. However, last week, the Seahawks defense played zero coverage 34% of the time against the Bills. And zero coverage is what the uh, Dolphins played against the Rams. They really struggled with. So, you know, I think there's just stuff all over the place as to what's... Why would you compare the... 
Seahawks zero coverage to the Dolphins zero coverage. They have Xavier How they have Xavier Howard. They have like real guys and yeah, no, I agree. That's where it's different. I agree it's different. I'm just saying the Rams struggle with pressure. So if you can get pressure on this zero coverage, the Rams are gonna struggle or the Rams are going to figure out because what I've been reading all week is that they've literally practiced all week for what happens on zero coverage of working on these check downs to the running backs or to quick passes to the receivers. If they can get that going, I think the Rams can carve up the Seahawks and do really, really well there. Or I think that the Seahawks are actually going to get to golf and get in his face and he's going to struggle. So I, like I said, I can see this game going every other, which way I think that it's going to be a close game. I'm going to pick, I think, Again, I'm so biased. This is why I don't bet on the Rams. I think the Rams win the game outright. So if it's one and a half points, I'm going to take the Rams minus one and a half. Yeah. I'll take the Seahawks here. It's a Russell Wilson bet. I think that the Rams should win this game. I think that the Seahawks have a, have a ceiling in theory based on the roster, but I'm big on the non-rational. They've got momentum. They feel like it could be a Super Bowl year. Doesn't matter that their team isn't as good as it should be. You know, we haven't seen a wild card team make a big move in the playoffs since what? I mean, we had the Giants, we had the Steelers back in the day. Who's a wild card team that's that's made it deep? I mean, we saw the Titans this last year, but all, I'm talking all the way to the Super Bowl. I think we're going to see that come back again soon. So that's why I like the Seahawks. Anything else on this? I mean, the NFC West is nuts right now. Yeah, and then that's kind of the sucky part just as an NFC West fan because I'm a Rams fan, but I mean, no one from that division is going to end up getting the buy this year just because we're going to beat each other up. So mm-hmm. I don't know. I think that's a struggle. The Rams, the Rams do kind of have the Seahawks number. And something to note is that six of the eight games that have been played since McVay got to the Rams have been one score games against the Seahawks. So it's going to be a good game. I don't think, you know, there's any question there. Uh, it's just a matter of, you know, who can, who can take advantage of their strengths and of the other team's weaknesses. And I think if you think saints saints one seed because of the NFC West beating itself up, or you think Packers Packers, I think the Packers, cause I think the saints and bucks, I don't think the saints are actually good either. And I don't think the bucks are good. So right. I don't think those teams are going to end up with a one seed and then the Packers, their division's horrible. So I think that the Packers end up kind of running it. I think the Packers are going to go like 13 and three, but I don't think they're, you know, a great 13 and three team. And sometimes you see teams, you know, that are really good at that, that uh, record. I think they're a really good team, but I don't think like, I wouldn't be scared if I was, uh, you know, as a Rams fan playing them in the playoffs. Yeah. So Niners at saints, they're giving the saints nine. You like the saints or the Niners? Uh, kind of a throw away. The Niners are a mess, but. Yeah, I guess saints at home, 10 points. Yeah. I think saints. I'll yeah, me saints. too. Saints, is there anything you want to say about that game? Or are we good? No, I mean, it's, it's a pointless game. Ravens, Patriots, I'm interested in this game. The Monday night game was fun. Did you watch the Monday night game? Or are you just like, I can't watch this because of Patriots-Jets? <laughs> I did. I did. I was hoping for the Jets. But uh, yeah, no, I did watch it. But it was fun, right? You got Joe Flacco back. You got, I don't know. It makes me feel bad about Sam Darnold to see Joe able to push the ball down the field with this team. And then you're not seeing that same thing from Sam Darnold, who's supposed to be a guy since high school with USC, you can push the ball down the field. Makes me feel like they're even more like they're moving off Sam Darnold to see Joe Flacco have that success. But I don't know. What were your thoughts on that? Yeah. I mean, it was a fun game. I don't, I don't think it tells me much about either team. I think if anything, it tells me that how bad the Patriots are, but I think, <laughs> win by a million but this is also the situation when bill belichick wants you to think that he comes out and finds some little nuance in the ravens offense that they're tipping their plays and then uh you know they end up winning the game so i I don't think the patriots are good but that's just my thought there yeah it's funny you mentioned that on the tipping the plays i i guess yesterday lamar jackson came out and said that teams are calling out their plays they're beating us to the punch and then Eisen's like, is that really true? Does that, does someone really know your plays? And he, Jackson said, yeah, they definitely do. Uh, they know if they're running, they know if they're passing. And uh, I guess Eisen said, and, and the media is saying that defenses have commented this year on how deliberate the Ravens offense has been this year. So you kind of know, you even we know, and we don't know a lot about football. We know something, but I mean, you know, like 
okay, Mark Andrews here on third down, play action this. I mean, I love the Ravens. They have an amazing roster, but it, it does feel very deliberate. And it's interesting that Lamar Jackson is saying, no, it's not just deliberate. They're reading our plays. Yeah, I mean, I think they're a really predictable team. And I think they were predictable last year. I think that they're just a team that when they're clicking, you can tell that we're running the ball right now and you still can't guard them. I think they're a really good team and that's the sense that they can do that. And this year teams are just, they're not as good of a team. And I think, you know, Mark Ingram's been hurt, so that hurts them. But I think they're just not as good of a team and they can't they can't say, hey, first and second down, we're running the ball and then hopefully getting, you know, a first down there, if not Mark Andrews on third, right? Like we're saying, so- I think they're just really predictable and I don't think that they're a great team. Yep. Yep. I like the Patriots here plus seven. I'm super biased. I'm not rational. I like Cam and I want to see him do well. Yeah. I mean, I hate the Patriots, so I hope they do well, but or do poorly. But yeah. I think this is one of those games. Belichick figures out a way to expose some random part. And about keep it close. So you take the Patriots here, even if you like yeah. the Ravens, straight up yeah i mean i like the ravens so much that i think that i'm wrong and that the patriots are going to keep it close okay and then monday night we got the vikings and dalvin cook at the bears they're given the vikings two and a half on the road i like the vikings they're starting to roll they've got a complete roster on offense i don't know about defense people tell me you know a lot about football that they don't have a good defense they're definitely not a complete roster on defense but i like the offense yeah, I mean, the Bears are just horrible. However, the thing to look at is primetime Kirk Cousins is not great. So that would be the only thing that I'd be concerned about and I might take the Bears here is that Kirk in primetime is not, you know, a necessarily a great quarterback. But uh, I think – Not necessarily. Just, isn't he awful? Yeah, I mean, he's starting to turn around a little bit. But, uh, yeah, I mean, he's not, a, he's not a good primetime quarterback. So I would probably take the Bears – but I'm going to regret within the first quarter that I took the bears. I think that's where I'm kind of sitting here. Okay. I'm going to go Vikings to cover here. As much as I love Nick Foles, the bears are a mess on offense. They have Allen Robinson and that's about it. Um, all right. That's the NFL picks. I got a couple questions for you, Berg. Why is LaMelo supposed to be number one in the NBA draft? I thought yeah, we were done with the ball family. Well, he's the best ball. So the thing is, or he can be the best ball. He's super polarizing in that, he plays a really unique style of basketball. He almost plays like he's on the Globetrotters. And so if he can put this together. I what does that can... mean? If, if I'm someone who doesn't know basketball, what does that mean? He almost plays like he's on the Globetrotters. That sounds ridiculous. He's super flashy. He takes crazy shots. He's not, um, you know, he doesn't play very fundamentally sound basketball. However, he sees the court incredibly well. And I think that he can shoot. I don't know. He has kind of a weird release. So you have no idea how well that's going to look. Um, but when you look at a guy who's six, seven, six, eight, who can handle the ball really, really well, and who can see the floor at an incredible level, similar to how Alonzo does, you have to be excited about a guy like that. It's now a matter of, is he going to be willing to get down and play defense? Something that Alonzo does really well with, and is he going to be able to kind of tighten up the game and not be taking 40 foot three point shots and doing all these crazy things? Um, I think he can be very good. He's the player in the draft for sure. And this is why he's being talked at number one. And I've seen him drop all the way to like number 10 is that he definitely has the highest ceiling in this draft, but he also definitely has the lowest floor of anybody in the kind of the lottery discussion that if he's not good, he's going to be really, really not good. Like out of the league in a few years. Easily. Yeah. Now he could also be a multi-time all-star. So I think that's where it's, you know, you have no idea how he's going to translate to the NBA, but he's gotten better every single year and he looks more and more like an NBA player every year. And if I had to make a bet, I, I would lead more towards that multi-time all-star where I think he's going to be incredible for the next few years. Okay. All right. We'll keep an eye on that. And then the last thing, Harden and Westbrook are unsure on the Rockets. Do you think that's because they considered Jeff Van Gundy for their head coaching position? Is that when they knew? Or is just Harden and Westbrook? I think they're just not going to win. And I think that's where they're at. These guys are at the point in their careers where they're, they've won a lot of regular season games. They've won MVPs. They have all the stats. They've done all these things. They want to go win a championship. And this team's never going to win a championship. You can't win, especially when you have a guy like Anthony Davis. Because you, you start to look at the teams that are going to be good for the next few years in the West. I think you look at the Nuggets, who have Nikola Jokic. You have the Lakers, who have Anthony Davis. Even the Jazz with Rudy Gobert. I mean, you look at all these teams. They all have good big men. 
And if you're starting center is six foot five on the Rockets, and that's PJ Tucker, who's also super unique in that he's able to play that way. And he's also like 35 years old. So you look at the team that's not going to be able to compete for the next few years with an old center who's six foot five. I'd be frustrated from that team too. So I, you know, I don't know where they're going to go from here. Maybe they go full rebuild and try to get some picks for these guys. I don't know what their game plan is, but I think that they're never, they're going to be a great regular season team because they're going to blitz bad teams and get lucky on against good teams. But again, a seven game series when you can slow it down and say, I am better than you. It's not even going to be close. And the Lakers showed that in the playoffs that they just dominated the Rockets. Yeah. Common sense says that's absolutely true. I just hate that take. Cause I watched all the games like you and it sucks to pin it on PJ because he's getting so much out of himself for what he is, you know, six, five, 35. He's literally a square. Like that's why he's so good at boxing. He's so wide, but uh, it sucks to pin it on PJ because Westbrook played awful in the playoffs. Yeah. Like his I bread and butter, probably. he was shooting like 40% on his bread and butter mid range jumpers. He's cotton shot. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's definitely, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying it's PJ Tucker's fault. I think they've put him in a position to make it his fault. He's not a center. And so I think that's the issue is that they're trying to build around a guy that's not playing. He's playing two positions up from his normal position. He'd be undersized as a small forward. So I think that problem is that he's, it's not his fault. It's that they're scheming things for him to be unsuccessful because he's going to get, killed anthony davis is six foot 11 and can literally doesn't even get affected by pj tucker's hand in his face so i mean how do you do that from the best big man in the league who's going to be with lakers who's going to resign this year is the next five years is going to be there you can't be competitive against a team like that and you're never going to win against a team like that yeah absolutely anything else on the nba i mean what are you looking for for next year uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens in the draft. I think the Warriors are the team I'm most curious to see if they actually pick someone at number two um, or if they end up trying to trade out of that. If they do pick at number two, they ha- in my head, they have to pick James Wiseman, but they could also go for the European guy, uh, Denny Avdia or something. I don't know how to say his last name, who I think is pretty creative with the ball, but I, I think you have to go James Wiseman there. And if I was the Warriors, I'm trading out of that pick to try and get someone who can contribute now. Um no, I mean, I think Lakers are going to reload. I think it's going to be interesting to see what happens with Chris Paul. Uh, but I think we got, you know, the next couple of weeks will tell us a lot about what's happening. The craziest thing to me, I guess the last note I'd say on the NBA, is that they are going to start on December 22nd, which is nuts to me that they're starting so early. LeBron, I'll be shocked if he ends up playing more than 15 minutes a night early on because the dude's going to have like two months of off season. Um, and so I think that that's, a mistake for the big players, but I understand. I think it's also going to be really interesting for the teams that didn't make the bubble. If they can come out and be competitive, um, you know, some of those good teams like the warriors who have now had what nine months of off season. So are they going to be able to be good and come back? I think it's going to be really interesting for a team like that. Um, how they do early on. Absolutely. Well, that is it folks. Week 10 NFL picks. We'll be back uh, with week 11 on Tuesday. This is Thursday. We've got the Thursday night game tonight. Hope you enjoy it, and we'll be back next week. All right, see you guys.